monkey. Welcome back to another episode of Preview Review. Hi, this is the Trailer Review Podcast, where we look at upcoming trailers and we The Trailer Review them. Podcast, that's not the fucking name of this show. I know, but it's Preview Review, but if you don't know what a preview is... Who doesn't know what a preview is? Well, people don't know what a Listeners, preview is. Listeners, raise your hand if you don't want if you don't know what a preview is. This isn't how this works. <laughs> oh, we, we can't I forgot. see them. Well, have them turn their cameras on the Zoom. This isn't Zoom. We're not. Live we're not zooming. This. No, we're in real life. Oh God! I've been vaccinated, so I'm I just assume caution to the wind. I just assumed that every aspect of life took place over Zoom. Now, not anymore. I just thought my life was Zoom. No, there's a there's a glimmer at the edge of this coronavirus tunnel. We're almost out of it, Tyler. Is there? Yes. I don't know. We'll see. And the at the end of the glimmer, I see myself going to the theater and watching Godzilla v Kong on IMAX. Ah, uh, mm, monkey. Mmm, lizard. <laughs> Anyways, if this is your first time joining us, as Ryan said, this is a trailer review podcast where Ryan and I break down. The trailers for upcoming films. How come you can call it a trailer review podcast, but I can't? I was using your language. Oh, okay. I was tying it in. Thank you. This podcast is titled Preview Review, but what it is, the description of it, is a trailer re- a trailer review podcast. That's what I was trying to say. Well, I thought you were doing your own introduction because you didn't like me starting it off with monkey. No, I thought that was good. Okay. <laughs> well, here we are. And you know who else is here? <laughs> it's our special guest... Ian! Hello. Ian, you've never been on the show before. I've never been on the show before. But you're here today to help us break down trailers for Godzilla vs. Kong, as well as the highly anticipated Zack Snyder's Justice League. Also known as the Snyder Cut. Now, listeners, you may be out there saying, wait a second, Justice League, didn't that movie come out a few years ago? It did, but also it didn't. Here's what happened. Do you want to get into the, like, tragic backstory of Zack Snyder's No, no, no. I'm, all I was going to say was the movie came out, it wasn't good, and so Zack Snyder said, let me make a new version that's four hours long and put it on HBO Max. Oh, well, there's more controversy and backstory behind There this. is, but that's, that's the basis of it. Yes, I guess, if you want to simplify it to that. <laughs> well, this is the introduction. Okay, We're we'll talk, talk about more about movie. it later. Now, you may be wondering, why is Ian here? What does he know about Godzilla and Superman? That's yeah. what all our listeners are wondering. So, Ian, please explain yourself. Ian, what is your passion for these big budget Warner films Brothers. that are going straight to HBO Max? Uh, I followed very closely with the the whole work of the Snyder Cut since it was first announced many moons ago. Were you one of the people outside Comic Con with the sign saying "Release the Snyder no, Cut"? No, I've never been interested in the Snyder Cut releasing. Just in the process of how it was created. Oh, it's history. Yeah, mm. it's I like the lore of it. The history, the history that's too muddled to get into right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. So how about your passion for Godzilla versus Kong? What? First of all, well, I don't want to jump the gun. Are you Team Godzilla or Team Kong? I'm Team Kong, all the way. Oh, very interesting, very interesting. Now, are you hyped for these movies, Ian? I'm very excited. I loved Kong Skull Island, and I'm hoping... Uh, Godzilla v. Kong is better than Batman v. Superman and lives up to all of our expectations. Yes, what about the Snyder Cut, Ian? I have no expectations. Okay. So it will exceed your expectations. It will. That's no great. matter what, it can exceed my expectations. Well, I suppose if you have no expectation, that's like a zero. And if it's and then if it's terrible, that could 
be considered going like negative, like below your zero. True. Well, it can't be lower than his expectations if he has no expectations. Well, that's the thing is, is expectation like a like the number graph and it's at zero and it, you can go negative or positive from there, mm-hmm. or is it like a baseline like a floor and you can't go any lower lower and you can only go up? I don't think it's a zero because you can expect the movie to be bad, right? This is true. I I suppose Ryan, I just sent you this on Twitter the other day. Somebody suggested that we start ranking films. On a four grid axis. I also saw that. Whether you liked the movie, didn't like the movie, and whether it was a good movie or a bad movie. So there can be good movies that you like, good movies that you didn't like, bad movies that you liked, and bad movies that you didn't like. So if you had to guess, Ian, are these films, Godzilla vs. Kong and Zack Snyder's Justice League, are they going to be good movies that you like, good movies you don't like, bad movies you like, or bad movies you don't like? Uh, I want to hope Kong v. Godzilla is going to be a good movie that I do like. Um, and then I guess for all the people that have been waiting years for the Snyder Cut, I want it to be a good movie, but I don't know if I'm going to like it or not like it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not as in, I'm not as invested in all these people who've been working years to get this done. Mm-hmm. Interesting. True. I feel like if uh, I had to rank my expectations for these films, I would think they're both going to be movies that are towards the middle of the good or bad movie line. Like, they're not going to be great. And they're not going to be terrible. They're going to be close to the middle. But they're both going to be movies that I like. Hmm. I I would agree with you. I don't think they're going to be like good movies. I think the good movie axis is like, those are like the Oscar winners, the best pictures, like mm, exactly. the artistic films Con that I tend to Godzilla. enjoy more. It's, it's going to be more middle tier. It's not going to be a bad movie. It's not going to be, you know, atrociously, like, poorly made. Yeah. Um, it'll be in the middle. I think... I do think Justice League will be slightly further towards a bad movie than Godzilla vs. Kong, just because he's cobbling together reshoots with old footage from a film that he has. Zack Snyder hasn't even seen the original cut of the Justice League. Even so, though like, he's still the critic, it feels director. like a weird, like it's just a weird cobblestone mixture of different things. It's a mosaic, mm. right? And so I think that's hard sometimes to execute as like a fully rounded piece of art. Whereas Godzilla vs. Kong is like the culmination of like a series of storytelling that they've been building to this film. Lots of budget, lots of creative forces behind it. So I think Godzilla vs. Kong will be a better movie, just slightly. And I also think I will enjoy Godzilla vs. Kong slightly more than Zack Snyder's Justice League. Interesting. Now, I mean, I guess we're just in it. We're in the thick of it. Well, we've been comparing the two of them together, but let's let's push uh, the Snyder Cut off to the side for now, and let's really delve into what treasures await us in the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, this one's going to be released, as I mentioned, directly to HBO Max. And um, the As part of the new deal with Warner Bros. Yes, they're releasing in the theaters that are open still, um, but it's also available day of on HBO Max on March 31st. It's directed by Adam Wingard, who's previously done mostly uh, horror features, like You're Next, which is one of my favorite horror films, The Guest, Blair Witch. Wait, is that the new Blair not the, Witch? Not the original Blair Witch Project. It's Blair Witch, which was like sort of the like reboot quill kind of thing that mm. came out in like was the that 2010s. Good? I never saw it. I never saw it. Okay. But Your Next is really good, and I've heard good things about The Guest as well. Um, and this stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Kyle Chandler, and others. And of course, Godzilla and Kong. Right. I don't know why there's no credited, like, there's gotta be a dude that's doing, like, mocap performance for well, Godzilla, right? I recently watched Tom and Jerry and at the end <laughs> at the end of that movie it says Tom as himself and Jerry as himself. Why can't we just credit these creative animals wow. uh, yeah. forces of nature 
where, where's their credit? That's true. That's Kong true. is a high-list actor at this point. It's true. He's been in uh, multiple films spanning years mm-hmm. in franchises. Do you think, what's the, there's like a company that owns it's Godzilla. It's like Toho or something. Toho is the Japanese company. Yeah, the Japanese yeah. company that owns it. Do you think like the, the amount of money that they would pay like the actor uh, in the role of Godzilla, that, like the level of that role, do you think like Warner Bros. just pays that amount of money directly to Toho to like be able to use the character in the movie? I have no clue. I think they have like some kind of deal because Japan's making their own Godzilla movie still like concurrently. Right, they're like ones. licensing yeah. them out. Yeah. I just, the only thing I'm wondering is, are those fees, like, comparable to, like, what the name of, like, an A-list celebrity actor? Oh, like, are they even more than any actor? Like, is it, does it cost more to have Godzilla in your movie than it does to have, like, Leonardo DiCaprio in your movie? Honestly, like, I don't know. I think, yes, it does. Because, like, first thing, you have to get the rights to Godzilla. Secondly, you have to, like, animate Godzilla in your computer, right? Right, right. I'm not talking about the production cost. I'm talking about just exclusively the amount of money that's paid as, like, the licensing fee to be able to even have uh godzilla in your movie i don't know because i don't think it's like directly licensed because i think toho is still getting some of the budget of the, and i think some they of the probably profit. have some extent of creative control right like they're not just saying okay yeah you can have godzilla do whatever you want with him like they probably have some aspect of like we want to see like this type of storyline like at least approval of a draft of the script or something right i have no clue are they like his manager is toho like godzilla's like agent probably they probably have like Certain things that you can't do with Godzilla. Like, there's yeah, definitely like rules for what you can and well, can't I guess do. he's actually always doing <laughs> Wait, is Godzilla a male or a female? I, I think, think Godzilla's female, right? I, Did they establish this in King of the Monsters? Godzilla but might be... But if it's king, why isn't it female? Queen of the Monsters. Might... I don't know. He might be... no Have no sex. I just need to know what pronouns to use for Godzilla. Godzilla uses they, them pronouns. That's really progressive. Okay. So, what about Kong? I feel like there was an original draft of Kong Skull Island where Kong showed Dong, but then they're like, this movie's rated PG-13, we can't do that. Though there's probably a, a, another set of rules <laughs> Holy for Kong. shit, in the original Japanese films, Godzilla and all other monsters are reputed with gender-neutral pronouns equivalent to it. So it's like, yeah, Godzilla does use they-them pronouns. Wow, that was just a gag, but now Godzilla canon. is a non-binary icon. I love it. I do think Kong is a boy, though. But yeah, Kong, at least Kong is, I don't know. Kong, at least canonically in the first film, was male. Yes. Did you see Dong? Kong Dong? <laughs> I I think it's referred. They refer to Kong Dong? No, no Kong Dong. <laughs> There's no <laughs> Kong Dong. That's in the that's in the extended edition. Yeah. Uh yes. The Snyder cut of Godzilla v. Kong <laughs> shows full frontal <laughs> Kong nudity. <laughs> well, A ten minute scene. <laughs> I watched Kong Skull Island recently again. Kong definitely has a nice butt. Enough monster anatomy talk. Let's get into the details. I Ian, we since... were in the details. I need to no, know no, what this Kong's is... working with. <laughs> this is this is lore and background details. We need to get down to the details. What is presented to us in the trailer? Ian, your impressions of the trailer. What do you think is the storyline? What's happening in this film? What can we expect from this entire narrative that's pitting these two iconic monsters against one another? Uh, from what we saw in the trailer... Uh, it's obvious that Godzilla, even though previously a friend to the humans, is now attacking people, and they don't know why. Um, so obviously, they only have one person to turn to, who is King Kong. Now now fully grown from Kong Skull Island, he's a big monkey now. So they, they somehow lure him, sedate him, get him on a boat in the middle of the ocean to take him to the U.S. to protect them. And it seems that somewhere in between that, him and Godzilla start fighting. 
So it seems like it's going to be a fight for uh, supremacy and who gets to win between Kong and Godzilla. Possibly Mecha Godzilla? And then him and Godzilla team up? Just like Batman v Superman? This is heavy speculation now. But there's (laughs) big fan theories out there on the internet that Mecha Godzilla is the one hurting people. And that's why they don't know why Godzilla's hurting people, because it's not really Godzilla. So people believe that towards the end of this movie, they're going to figure out Mecha Godzilla is the real bad guy, and Godzilla and Kong will team up to defeat Mecha Godzilla. But I don't know. That seems like a lot to introduce and have It's a bait and switch. They finally have like one fight scene, and Kong like rips off like a, a part of like Godzilla's arm, but it's like all circuitry and wires. Oh, it's a robo. And everyone's watching, and they're like, Kong's like, what? Yeah, Kong audibly Kong, like, says looks what? to camera. And then, yeah. And Jim then, Halpert style. And then it cuts to Millie Bobby Brown. And she's like, I knew it because Kong is my, I mean, not Kong. Godzilla is my best friend and he's not evil. So she knows the whole time. Yes. She's trying to prove it to the big wig government man who's not on Godzilla's side. And then side. Kyle Chandler goes, oh my gosh, all of the internet theories were right. It's Mecha Godzilla." Like, the internet theories are canon in the universe. Like, the people that actually live in the world that Godzilla's tearing apart are, like, on Reddit being like, I don't think this is the real Godzilla, guys. This would not be what he would be doing right now. I, I saw wires. <laughs> His eyes look a little beady. That's not real Godzilla's eyes. <laughs> they don't know what is happening, but we do here over here on r slash monster talk. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to need something like that. I don't know. You like, want Mechagodzilla? I need some sort of plot device to be like, because the plot of King of the Monsters was just like the opposite. It was like, there's these other monsters attacking and Godzilla's going to come save humanity. So now it's like, then they just switch places and Godzilla is now attacking humanity and they need to bring in Khan to defeat Godzilla. Like, you can't just keep like, flip, like, I need some sort of rationale. Okay. What Maybe Godzilla happens? just became fed up with like humanity and he was like, I'm done with these losers. Exactly. Hum- we know from the previous films that there's this hollow earth. It, there's like these tunnels that run through the world and that's where like Godzilla hangs out and all these monsters. But what if now that the humans know about it, they're exploiting that and using its resources and it's draining the life from Godzilla and the, all their friends. Mm. So mm. now Godzilla's like, I'm going to hurt the people because they're hurting my people. And then they're like, nope, we're bringing in Kong because he is ape and ape is us. Monkey together strong. Mm. Uh, you know, if I think that's the case, I think Godzilla will take Kong to his home and be like, Hey, Kong, look what they're doing to my home. And then he takes Kong back to his home where it's completely... they've the defo- Skull Island? Yeah, they've destroyed all the trees, made it all into paper. And then Kong's like, whoa, they do destroy our homes. And then they team up and destroy humanity. It really do be like that. Yeah. That's the only spoken line from either Godzilla <laughs> Kong, or Kong, Kong in the whole film. audibly says, it really do be like that. And then they team up and destroy the whole world. And just everyone dies at yes, the end. Yes, because... Wow. And then the message is, stop destroying the planet. Otherwise, King Kong and Godzilla are going to destroy us all. Like, does the movie end with Kong and Godzilla, like, high-fiving? Oh, yeah. Among, like, all the human They're forces? mid-air, jump, high-fiving. And no one else Freeze is alive? Him. Everyone's gone. Wow. Except for Millie Bobby Brown. She got to live? And the one and the random... Like, yeah, and the, Kong. And the girl that like... Kong likes. Kong has a little girl that he speaks mm-hmm. sign language to. Do you to. think... Okay, going back to more of the lore. Like, there's all those humans from Kong Skull Island. Do you think we're going to see, like, any aged up, like, characters from that film? Like, is Tom uh, Hiddleston going to come back in, like, old man makeup and be like, I remember Kong. I was on the island with him. Well, maybe, because a lot of the people that were there in Kong Skull Island were military personnel. So maybe now in the future, one of them's like a really old general. 
Oh, like uh, the Thomas Mann character. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it in Godzilla vs. Kong, but I think they might do it in like the next Kong movie. It, mm. I feel like this is going to be the last one. You think so? Because, see, I was thinking it as more like they didn't bring back uh, Jeff Goldblum for like Jurassic World or Jurassic World 2, but they're going to bring him but back for Jurassic He's in Jurassic World 2. Oh, like very slightly. But like they're actually bringing him back Not as enough. like a more like ma- main role in the third one. But I don't know. I just remember reading something that was like, the only reason Kong v. Godzilla is being released is because they started filming it before they released Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then that movie underperformed at the box office. But if this one performs mm. really well, which it will because it's going to be one of the greatest films of our time, uh, we need to see more monster. We need a monster verse. I feel like the whole my whole thought of what happens in this film changes if there's not going to be another film. Like I think this is the last one. Wow. I think the more upsetting thing is that there's going to be too much of a human subplot and not enough big monkey fighting big lizard. Oh, I'm not worried about that's that That's exact. All. That's what happens in all of these movies. Exactly. We know it's going to happen. I we think, expect it now. I think they would get so much more profit and be way better if it was just like two hours of just straight giant monsters slugging it out. It, it, this movie's like three hours long, right? Yeah. So mm. it could be I think that. there's going to be more lizard and monkey in this film Good. than like... There needs to be at least an hour and a half of straight fight. And I and the rest of it, more fight than I just don't want the humans there. Honestly, they need to put them on like Mars or something and just have them duke it out. Oh. See, I like the humans a lot because it helps to like localize the stakes of the film because mm. like it's very easy to lose the scope when it's like big lizard, big monkey smashing buildings to fight each other, and you lose the idea of like who's the dude that's like coming out of the bank being like fuck. God, uh, Kong just used my Kia to smash Godzilla. What? I didn't have any fucking insurance on that thing. Like, what? Where is like where are the like real world stakes happening? Yeah. Because like, big monkey versus big lizard is like okay. That's just gonna you know. But do you really want to evenly match? Do you want to see the POV of the people once Kong rips a building out of the ground and just smashes on Godzilla's head? How many people are we gonna have to look at screaming? I while want they're shots. I want shots of every single corpse they leave behind because I think we lose. We lose the oh impact that's happening, and we're like ruining on big monster. That's uh, what I want. Big monster, and we don't see that the real victim is society. Interesting. Now, what do you have? You guys heard this? Where if this movie is really successful, there's talks to cross it over with the Pacific Rim universe. Oh God, have that you would heard of that? I would love that. I love Pacific Rim. Have you seen the second one? I have not seen the second one. Me neither. One. It looked bad. <laughs> I, I will forever live in the universe of the first Pacific Rim, and I love it. So Big monster fight big robot. So do you think it'll be Kong versus Godzilla versus Jaeger next time? Yes. What do you think? Is that I haven't seen Pacific Rim, so I Oh, can't... it's good. Guillermo del Toro directed it. The yeah. first, I can only vouch for the first one, but the first one is very good. I feel like I missed good. the first one and like didn't really have like a like, conscious awareness of it. And then I saw the advertisements for the second one. I was like, "Oh, that looks bad." So it just must be like a bad series. Well, no, and I like, haven't been able to like the see second the one, first if one we, to if like we, separate if we it out. put it on the scale, the first movie the is a bad movie, scale? but I very like it. Like it's not an amazing movie, but it's a it's an enjoyable movie. Interesting. I would put it slightly over the middle. It's like a good movie, and I enjoy it. So it's kind of in the middle of that like top right square. Okay. Um, and if you throw Godzilla in there, I mean, I feel like it just works. The whole movie of Pacific Rim is just 
kaijus coming from the middle of the earth to fight the Jaeger. Yeah. What I think I'm worried about fair, is though. like I feel like you had too many big monster and big robot, and now you're just doing like not to get ahead of ourselves, but Justice League or the Avengers, but just like bigger That's physical scale, want. and it's not as like interesting because they're not like relative likely human characters that can like talk and have emotions and but like, i feel like that was feelings. the whole point of this monster verse wasn't it like to have the big like solo monster movies and now they're coming together i feel like, like you can do godzilla versus kong like i'm hyped for this movie you could do a, like a two but like when you get to three plus hmm. i think i'm kind of out at that point also i don't think i think kong would absolutely demolish the that whole universe of robots you know, this is something we haven't really talked about. In the fight, Godzilla v. Kong, who's going to win? Kong. I think Godzilla's going to win. What do you think, Tyler? I think Kong is the underdog, so I'm rooting for Kong. But also, you have to think... The, the shot in the trailer... Let's tie it back to the trailer. Uh, yes, the shot in the trailer, the trailer where we see that Kong has created a weapon mm-hmm. that can block... Not only block, but harness the radioactive energy coming from Godzilla's breath... And then use that to strike Godzilla itself? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I feel like the trailer wants you to be on Kong's side. And I like Kong Skull Island better than the Godzilla movies. But I think Godzilla is just too powerful. Well, I think part of it is Kong. We can now see, he obviously, he has an axe. He's smart. But he also, the humans are on his side right now. They're going to be building him probably an arsenal of giant weapons that he can just use to take out King Kong. Because, granted, base... Base King Kong and base Godzilla, Godzilla's probably wrecking him. But if he has his monkey weapons with his opposable thumbs, I, I think he can win. But, but Godzilla can go underwater. Can King Kong? Are you? Do you think a monkey can't swim? But can but Godzilla can go underwater. But what? But can, then can, can but, King but think Kong of, hold his breath as long? Does King Kong? Need no, but if Godzilla's under the water, then he's defeated him because the whole point is to keep yeah, Godzilla from attacking exactly. the Earth. So Kong is a defender of the Earth. If if Godzilla goes underwater, he's done yeah, the job. Yeah, Kong just looks at him go underwater. He's like, I'm not going down there. I'll like, stay up here. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have never heard of submarines that shoot torpedoes under the water? Godzilla can just do that to, like, Malibu. They don't care about the submarines. Godzilla is the submarine in this Oh, scenario. he's the submarine? Well, then, you know what? They'll make King Kong a giant scuba mask. Giant scuba <laughs> Oh, my God. And then... <laughs> There's, like, a scuba, scuba tank that's, like, Kong. four stories high. Yes, yes, scuba Kong. It's like, oh. it took the entire world's supply of pressurized oxygen <laughs> to fill this, but Kong will be able to be underwater for 15 minutes. <laughs> and Godzilla's like, I can beat that. I can be underwater for an hour. And then Godzilla just wrecks him underwater when he runs out of oxygen. Uh, but then he has a giant harpoon gun. <laughs> it's true. I guess it all depends on the tools Kong has. I think I'm also into it because, and this is maybe just the whole thing about like humans being like uh, attached to like the expressions of primates, but like Godzilla, like there's so many shots in the trailer where it's like he has he can express like emotion on his face and like his body language, like, it makes me want to root for him more, whereas Godzilla feels like this weird, like, stocky... They don't really, like, do any facial shots, or, like, I have no, like... I have no engagement with Godzilla as, like, a character, but, like, Kong has this... Like, the bond between Millie Bobby Brown and Godzilla is not, like, the bond between this other girl and Kong, where they're, like, touching finger... And they're doing sign language and sign language, and, like, Kong is, like, expressing concern for, like, humanity, like... It just doesn't, like, so, the emotional stake isn't in there for Godzilla as it is for me for Kong. But I, if if Godzilla reached out their hand and Millie Bobby Brown, like, touched it, would it get you? 
would you be on board with the Godzilla argument? Like the you know, the I, love, I feel maybe. like that's cheap. He doesn't get to just put his hand out once Kong and all of a sudden. Kong did that in the trailer with someone we don't even know. But he, he, this isn't the first time he's done it. He was really kind to the people on Skull Island. He was nice to the lady. He was, but he was also really mean to the people on Skull Island. He, but because he at first killed Samuel L. Jackson. I know, but you have to think about like that when they first came onto the island, they were hostile towards him. So he's he's just a monkey. He's a child. He's going to be hostile towards them. Then once he learns that they're kind of they can be friends. Then he opens up his heart and he's like, okay, I guess I can start wanting to be friends. I don't know. We'll see. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I'm just saying, as is given the information in the trailer, currently I reside on King Kong. But if you... Emotionally, and like, I want to. Do I logically, and with the thing about the two characters, which one will win? Obviously, I think Godzilla would like freaking wreck That's this what game. I'm saying. I'm emotionally on Kong's side, but logically, Godzilla's gonna win. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm emotionally and logically on Kong's side. Also, I think Godzilla has a better roar. Kong? That's monkeys don't mo- monkeys don't roar. Exactly. Really. God, Kong's roar in the freaking trailer is so good. Godzilla is like... Godzilla ah. has a weird, like... <laughs> it's more of a screech. I love it. It's so okay. good. Well, since you guys have settled on your uh, sides of the debate of Godzilla versus Kong, I think we need to move aside and we need to play this game I prepared where I'm going to ask you to pick your side... On different fictional character battles that could happen. Okay, so like Batman v Superman? Yeah, I'm going to give you two fictional characters. And I'm going to basically... I'll take turns selecting... uh, Choosing... I'm going to take turns having one of you pick your side first. The other person will just automatically get the other person in the fight. And uh, you'll have to argue your stance as to why the character that you are arguing for would win this battle. Make sense? Yes. Yes. There are two important qualifiers that I need to establish for the rules of the arguments okay the first is in every case both of these characters is equally intent on defeating the other as the other one is, is like, like there's a no physical match it's a physical match like they want to physically overpower maybe not kill but physically overpower and defeat the other person and they're both as equally intent on doing this as the other person is there's no moral hierarchy of like i don't think this character would even want to kill or harm anybody like they they're both equally pitted at fighting this person as the other person is and they want to defeat them at all costs okay okay the second thing is these matches are all taking place in a universe separate from the universe that the characters establish themselves in so like for example this isn't one but like let's say we're doing like batman versus iron man you can't say like iron man's gonna call on the other avengers to help him out or batman's gonna call on the other justice League members to help him out it has to be just batman versus just iron man you can't like they can't have any ties to other characters. Okay. But anything that exists in that character's universe, like Iron Man has his full suit, Batman has his full suit, but he just doesn't have like Superman. Or so it's like Iron Man can't call on freaking Falcon or whatever. So we pluck these characters out and we threw them like in a deathmatch ring where they can't yeah, connect exactly. to their own world. They don't have like cell service or anything. Okay. Like, does that make sense? Yes. yes. But they know you're not taking them, they're not underprepared. Like, you're not taking them without them knowing, they they are preparing and going into the match with the intent to defeat this other person. Okay. So you can argue that they might have something, some equipment or something with them intentionally designed to attack this other person, but not, they wouldn't be able to, like, call on this other character. Got it. And is the structure of this, like, one person gives an opening argument, another person gives an opening argument, and then, like, each person gets a rebuttal, or how's that going to work? Um, sure, that works. Okay. okay. And you're the judge? Do you decide who wins? I am the judge. Okay. Okay, 
And for because he is our guest for the first round, Ian will pick first. Sweet. But that means round two, you'll pick first, Ryan, and then we'll flip-flop back and forth. Okay? I'll win every round. Ian, this first matchup is John Wick versus The Punisher. Uh, I'm going to pick John Wick. That's good because I wanted The Punisher. All right, Ian, please present your argument first. Okay, first of all, there's been three, three John Wick films. And, you know, he's he has a lot of accolades to have proven his own skills. He once killed a man with a pencil, as many know. He once uh, killed professional basketball player uh, Bohan Bogdanovich. That's the wrong name, but he's a very tall man. He killed him. He's like seven plus feet tall. That's pretty crazy. Um, he has killed m- multiple cartels, has taken on the whole entire the whole entire assassin world has taken on just armies all by himself, sometimes with maybe one person, uh, has taken out people in less than a second, moving on to the next one. I don't think I have to say too much for John Wick. Um, he's a pretty angry dude, and he knows what he's doing. So, All right, great. Ryan, your opening statement. Opening statement. The Punisher would demolish John Wick. The Punisher gives his all for every single fight. John Wick, he has never really faced... An adversary like the Punisher, one that will go no matter what, 110, giving him all he's got. He's got all these guns. He's got all of these explosives. He's a war expert. He can hide. He can use guerrilla warfare. John Wick won't even see him coming. He's got stealth on his side, and he's got perseverance on his side as well. Okay, thank you. Ian, you now have 30 seconds to rebuttal. Okay. Um, if John, specifically talking John Wick versus the Punisher here, Ryan said he, he gives it all he's got. John Wick is always giving it all that he's got. And usually all that he's got is a bullet to the knee and then a bullet to the head. And that's all it takes. And if you're saying the Punisher is a bunch of weapons, John Wick is a master of all weapons. All he needs to do is grab one. Punisher's lost weapon. John Wick's just gained a new one. And it's going to keep going like that till Punisher's out of weapons or he's dead. Because John Wick's just, he can take the weapon. Boom, boom, boom. John him a bunch of times. The Punisher can't even do nothing because John Wick's dodging. Hmm. Do I rebuttal? Do I rebuttal? You now have 30 seconds. Okay. Yes. Okay, they're both really good at weapons. But you said all it takes is a shot to the knee and a shot to the head. Punisher's been beat up so much. He's been so bloody, but he still keeps fighting. You think two bullets are going to take this man out? Yeah, right. He's going to keep coming back and back. He's going to grab the gun that John Wick just stole and shot him with and take it and shoot John Wick like 19 times. Even if he like dodges a couple, he's going to hit at least 70% of his shots. And that is time. Thank you, Ryan. Well, I have to say, as the arbiter of this argument... um. What I'm picturing, based on your arguments, is which is the more likely outcome? That John Wick just drops the Punisher like as if he were one of the like phony henchmen in his movies and just like doesn't even deal with him, right? Or does the Punisher just freaking drop John Wick like one of the henchmen in his content and like doesn't even take a second? And I think the more likely outcome is that the Punisher would just drop. Like, I feel like it would, like, hype you up for, like, John Wick to, like, stand a chance. And the Punisher would just be like, and just, like, he's just done. But based on the argument, based on the argument, who had the better argument? Not based on the scenario you think is going to happen. All he needs is a pencil. (laughs) So all he needs. It's all based on the argument, Tyler. You can't choose which one you think is going to win in this scenario. You have to choose who gave the better argument. Um, I believe that would be Ryan. Thank you. 
I will take this. I've I've never seen a John Wick movie all the way through, so I was just bullshit in my whole way. I just think your argument of Punisher being able to use a multiple variety of weapons versus uh, Ian's is just to say, like, he's used guns and he has used a pencil. But if the Punisher's got, like, a rocket launcher, like, come on. I didn't say he could have explosives. I guess I, I, I should have... Uh, I should have explained better what, what John Wick has. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we learn. And yes. we move on. The next matchup. It's two classic Tigers. We've got Tigger versus Hobbs of Calvin and Hobbs. And I get a pick first? Ryan, you get to pick first. I pick Tigger. Okay. Ian, this means you have Hobbs. You've ruined me. <laughs> Ryan, your opening statement, please. Okay. So, I'm assuming we're, like, uh, having these characters anthropomorphic, not like the doll versions of themselves. Um, so, Tigger is all about pouncing. He's got the animalistic instincts to, like, just jump on you and maul you to shreds. And he can get out of there super quick. If he's in a situation where he needs to run and hide, he can just bounce the heck out of the battle and just recover. Well, I don't know if Hobbs has these kind of abilities. So, Tigger is all offense and even some defense. He's the whole all-around package. Alright, thank you, Ryan. Ian. Hobbs is really tall. Um... He's tall, so and he's got long arms, so uh, Tigger, Tigger's kind of like a shorter guy. You think he's tall because of his tail. He's not that tall, so Tigger's gonna be jumping towards Hobbs. Hobbs is gonna give him a mean right hook. Tigger's never even close to him. The right hook's already made contact with his face. He's sprawled out over on the corner. Hobbs is coming back for more. Tigger can't even touch him. He's so tall, and his lo- arms are so long. That's my opening statement. Ryan, you're about 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, so... Even though Hobbs is tall and has got long arms, Tigger's faster. He can jump out of the way of those jumps and then jump right back on top of Hobbs' head, bounce on it like six times, he's got a concussion. And that's not really good to work with when you're trying to fight. If you have a concussion, that's like the first defeat, the first step to failure. Thank you, Ryan. Ian, your rebuttal. Hobbs has for some time hung out with this guy named Calvin. And Calvin comes up with crazy, evil ideas. Um, So, I think some of this is rubbed off on Hobbs. You know, like, he's not going in there, no game plan. First thing, he's gonna gonna be using his wagon to try to compensate for the speed that Tigger has. Tigger can try to jump on him, but if he's speeding around in a wagon, it's gonna be a little bit tougher. And in that time while he's speeding around in the wagon, he's using his brain to come up with a counter-attack towards Tigger. Interesting. Very fair arguments on both sides. I do have to say, Ian, I did notice you had a Google image result up, and uh, this isn't going to impact my judgment, but did you know who Hobbs was before? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. You did really well. Thank you. You did well. Um, however, in this case, the point is going to go to Ryan, because I do think the advantage of Tigger's mobility um, was a was a strong key. You tried to come in with the wagon aspect in your rebuttal, and I appreciate that. However... In my interpretation of it, I do believe Tigger's bouncing would be a more agile and a quicker mobility than uh, Hobbs' wagon. I so I appreciate your effort, um, but in this case, the point does go to Ryan again. I just don't. I don't think you've seen him in the wagon like I have. That was a good well, argument. Apparently, you haven't seen him in the wagon because you didn't. Know who I he saw was. the picture just. A couple I like how ago. you used his brain power because that's Thank the you. argument I would have taken. 
if I had Gust as a pub. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Uh, the next, a classic battle for the ages. This one, I'm sure, has been discussed at length in other circles. This is Gandalf versus Dumbledore. Ian, you pick first. Uh, I'm going to pick Gandalf. All right, great, because I really wanted Dumbledore. <laughs> I don't think that's true this time. <laughs> Ian, your opening argument, please. Okay, as we all know, I mean, I don't know if everyone knows, but in the Lord of the Rings universe, there's only seven wizards. Gandalf can count himself among these seven wizards. If there's only seven wizards in your world, they're not going to be some nobody chumps. These seven wizards are going to be some of the most powerful people you can find. And I think we've seen from the films how powerful Gandalf could be. He once stopped the, the Balrog, which is a gigantic demon monster, from getting to all his friends. He said, he said run, you fools, and then just frickin' took the, the floor out. Then you think... Gandalf just dies like that? No, he comes back even stronger as Gandalf the White. And he's even he's hundreds of times stronger than before. And he just he bodies anyone that he ever faces. And he even he even at one point went up against the spirit of Sauron, who's one of the most fear who is the most fearsome character in that universe. And sure, it shook him up a little, but he came out alive and he came out stronger for it. Thank you, Ian. Ryan, your opening argument, please. Dumbledore has the most powerful wand in all of Harry Potter. And he's a smart wizard, so he probably knows a multitude of spells. He can use a million different ways to kill Gandalf. Even if he just wants to spam Avada Kedavra, if one of those hits Gandalf, he's down. If Gandalf comes back as Gandalf away, he just gets hit again, he's down again. It's a never-ending cycle. But Gandalf is just over there with a staff, he is an old man who has to hobble along with a staff. He smokes weed. This man's probably high all the time. His brain's not all the way there. Dumbledore is a professor, a scholar. He's wise. He will figure out millions of different ways to kill uh, or trick Gandalf. He can create a giant water thing that defeats a fire snake in the Order of the Phoenix. So he could figure out how to defeat Gandalf. Alright, thank you, Ryan. Ian, you're about 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, my opponent had an amazing argument for uh, Gandalf tricking him, but before he was known as Gandalf the White, he was known as Gandalf the Wise. Also, he doesn't smoke weed, he smokes tobacco, which gives him a clear mindset. And uh, he doesn't actually need the staff to use his magic. The magic, uh, the staff is just a catalyst to make his magic slightly stronger, even though his magic is already very strong. Also, in the Lord of the Rings universe, it's a much more adverse and... Uh, hard universe, so a lot more of his spells are attack-based. While you were saying he could spam Avada Kedavra, Gandalf has a multitude of spells he can pull from being in a battle universe where he's constantly fighting with magic, having to learn new spells to kill people and take people out. And that's time. Wait, don't I get a rebuttal? Oh, that's time for his rebuttal. Yes. Okay, I thought that was time for the match. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Ryan, your rebuttal, please. Okay, so, yes, Gandalf has a lot of spells. So does Dumbledore. But one thing that Gandalf doesn't have that Dumbledore has is access to potions. Dumbledore can cre like create potions that change his figure, that change his identity. Gandalf was like, where'd Dumbledore go? He tries to find him. He can't find him. Then even if Gandalf has a spell to find him, Dumbledore uses another spell or another potion where he's like, well, now I'm like actually never going to have bad luck because I use this lucky charm potion. So, oh, dying would definitely be bad luck. 
So I have good luck on my side. And that's time. That's a bad argument. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. That he has a potion that cancels bad luck. That's not a thing. It is. This is Phoenix six, Yeah. That's not fair. You can't just be like, oh, he literally... Oh, he... <laughs> I do think, though, the strongest argument is... The evidence that you provided that Gandalf has revealed the Balrog, who is way scarier than freaking Dumbledore, so Ian does win this match. I apologize, it's Ryan. Good. I you know, Gandalf. You know, you know, <laughs> Malfoy killed Dumbledore. And that no, guy's... A, oh, no, I don't know. Snape did. Well, also, Snape or Malfoy, they're both losers. But Dumbledore let him do it. Alright. So That's far, it's two points, Ryan. One point, Ian. We'll only do two more of these because I don't want to end in a tie. Okay. Our next battle, and... Um, I believe, Ryan, you're picking first. Okay. This is two beloved sitcom characters. Ron Swanson versus Dwight K. Schrute. Okay, it's gotta be Ron Swanson. Ian? I, that means you've got Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. Your argument, Ryan. Ron Swanson is a man of the woods. He's resourceful. He can get out of any situation just with his intellect and his craftiness. He... Is he doesn't want to do government work, but look how high up he is in the chain of government. He got there using his smarts, and Dwight is just kind of annoying. Like, Dwight says he's got all this stuff, but when put to the test, does he really? Like, if they were going to do even, like, a simple competition like axe throwing, who do you think's going to win? Muscle Man, Chad, Ron Swanson, or... <laughs> or the Virgin Dwight... I just gotta say, just looking at the physicality alone, there's no way Dwight could even grow a mustache like Ron Swanson. Nevertheless, like, beat him in a physical altercation. Ian. Uh, I'd like to start off by saying, throughout the series, Dwight is seen with many women, therefore not a virgin. He actually gets lots of women. Uh, second, Dwight is a high level of intellect. Uh, he's a black belt. He is a deputy police officer. Or a volunteer police officer. Uh, you say Ron, Ron Swanson's a forest man, but Dwight has worked on a farm his whole life. He's grown up in the Dwight and the Shrew family traditions, which are extremely excruciating and very terrifying. And he's lived through all of it. He's a master of weapons, love co loves collecting weapons. He's going to be showing up to this fight with a plethora of his weapons that he's collected over the years. Probably one of them is going to be Mace. He's going to instantly mace Ron Swanson's eyes and then just throw some shurikens at him. As we know, he loves to do. Maybe he'll start a fire, trap Ron Swanson in the building that he just made trap him in a fire. Uh, Dwight Kreshu has so much at his disposal here. Thank you, Ian. Ryan, your rebuttal. 30 seconds of the okay. clock. While I agree that Dwight has a lot of weapons at his disposal, Ron Swanson, like, all he has to do is get under Dwight's skin just a little bit. Like, Dwight is so easily ticked off, and he's so easily distracted by things. Like, Ron Swanson can be like, Battlestar Galactica's a bad show. And Dwight would just go, I'm going to spend the rest of the fight defending Battlestar Galactica, while Ron Swanson builds a bow and arrow and shoots Dwight with it. Thank you, Ryan. Ian. I think you're uh, saying Ron Swanson will make fun of Battlestar Galactica. It has an opposite effect to what you're saying. Instead of him defending with words, knowing that they are in a physical altercation, he will go into a rage and use all of his physical abilities to the max to destroy Ron Swanson. At that point, not caring about anything, but destroying the man who's made fun of something he loves. Thank you both mm -hmm. for your arguments. Um, yes, these are both great arguments on this front. Um, however, I do believe the point does go to Ian. I do mm. think Dwight Schrute 
Uh, based on argument with with this altercation, I believe that your point that uh, anything that Ron does to try and uh, tick off Dwight would only serve to infuriate him more. And I think that we've seen that Dwight's uh, advantage comes in the discipline that he's had. He respects his sensei. He respects the organization of the sheriff's office that he uh, volunteers for. And so he's been disciplined to serve and to act when needed. Ron Swanson, I feel like that he's not as disciplined because he's never, sure, we've seen him hunt for sport, but he, he doesn't have the respect for authority to be able to be disciplined as a fighter um, as Dwight is. And so I do think that the advantage goes to Dwight Kasher. Mm. But thank you both very much. Yes, that was a good one. Yes, that was a good one. All right. That means it's a tie. Two points for Ian and two points for Ryan. This will land us in our final battle. I wonder, has it just been that you guys have won the ones that you've picked first on? I no, because so. I just lost the Ron Swanson That's one. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I won the Punisher one. Yeah, I picked Interesting. John Wick, so. Oh, so it's evenly matched. It's been a half and a half. All right, this will be the deciding battle then. Ian, you will pick first. This is two renowned Disney franchise stars. Elsa versus Moana. I'm going to pick Elsa on this one. That means, Ryan, you will defend Moana. Yes. Ian, your opening argument, please. Uh, My opening argument. Moana's main power is that... uh, Does she get to use the sea? Because technically the sea was her friend, not actually her own power. But uh, I know you can't answer that question. But even if she does get to use that, Elsa has the power to freeze... She once froze over the whole entire lake of their kingdom... I think no matter, Moana's throwing all this water at her, Elsa's just freezing it all. And we've seen that Elsa has an offensive capability with her frozen powers too, even though she doesn't like to use it. In this fight, she knows she has to use it and will use it. She's also created giant ice golems before, so she could be creating those, wearing Moana down. All the And then when she's ready to strike, she just gets her while she's tired. Interesting. Thank you, Ian. Ryan. Yes. Moana has a deep connection with water with the ocean with the sea her grandmother is a spirit that lives in the ocean she has this tie to it elsa uses ice what is ice made of water the water will not be able to hurt moana when moana falls in the water the water drags her out of the water to save her from drowning if the ice is coming at uh, moana it's gonna stop and just melt into water and drop at Moana's feet because it can't possibly hurt her. So at that point, Moana just takes her oar and just wails on Elsa, beating her into a bloody pulp. Elsa's never had to deal with this kind of thing before. She doesn't have her magic because it won't work against Moana. Interesting. Ian, you're about 30 seconds on the clock. I think that's a, a foolish argument. How would the, the ice would have to somehow turn into water also, in this case, the water that you're talking about that's defended her is her water in her universe, where her grandmother's a spirit there. But in this, she's been pulled here by herself, doesn't have any friends with her. It's just water. And Elsa's ice has to turn into water somehow. She's going to keep that stuff frozen. She's already probably turned the whole entire battlefield into a giant frozen wasteland. I just don't see it becoming water and helping Moana out. Water and ice are the same. They are both chemically made of two hydrogen atoms, and one oxygen atom. Moana is connected to this chemical structure, no matter what form it takes, be solid, liquid, or gas. 
It doesn't have to turn into water to be on Moana's side because ice already is water. Interesting. Thank you both for your arguments. I do have to say that in this instance, the point does go to Ian. What? Thank goodness. I do believe that Elsa's ice powers would be much stronger in attacking and overcoming. I think Moana could put up a good D, but she would not be able to overcome the sheer force. Though ice can't hurt her. Your argument was describing what water is. We know water is, but ice is a frozen form of this state. It can't hurt her. (laughs) You're wrong. I won the point, so that means I'm right. Congratulations, Ian. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Ryan, thank you for playing. I was very scared for a while that Ryan was just going to completely wipe the floor with me. (laughs) I was too. I was like, is this not going to be fun? Am I just going to bully Ian? But then he came out and won. So good job. Thank you. It was an honor honor playing with you. Well, thank you both for playing very much. Um, That was fun. It was very fun. Indeed. Um, Let's dive in to the next trailer. We can finally... Say it's happening. The Snyder Cut is being released. The Snyder Cut is real. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League releases, again, in theaters and directly to HBO Max on March 18th. Wait, this one's not going to U.S. theaters. It's only going to international theaters. Oh, interesting. Yes, that's right. In the U.S., it is an HBO Max original. Yes. Um, and it's directed by Zack Snyder, who has previously done uh, acclaimed films such as 300, Watchmen, Man of Steel, and Batman vs. Superman. Acclaimed. <laughs> and it stars Ben Affleck. Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, among others. We can finally unpack it. The Snyder Cut. What's the big deal? Okay, here is the history of the Snyder Cut. And Ian, I know you're a historian of the Snyder Cut, so correct me if I'm wrong anywhere. Once upon a time in 2016, Zack Snyder was directing Justice League, and he wanted it to be a two-part film, like Justice League Part 1 and Justice League Part 2. But then the studio said, no, you get to make it a one-part film. And also, it has to be two hours long. And he goes, okay, I'll work with it. I'm going to try. But then, very tragically, his daughter uh, committed suicide and he had to leave the project. So they brought in uh, Joss Whedon to finish the film and do some reshoots. Then the film comes out. It's not what people expect. It doesn't follow the same tone or even through lines of the last two uh, Zack Snyder superhero uh, Superman films and people were like what the heck um, it didn't do great at the box office and now DC has kind of shifted from like a shared universe to like a shared universe where like the stories don't really interconnect but they're still in the same universe but now Zack Snyder having this chance during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, Warner Brothers has invited him back uh, to f- finish his version of the film as he saw fit um, to release on HBO Max because they had a poor launch of HBO Max and they needed something juicy to get people to subscribe. Um, did I miss anything, Ian? Um, I think a big fact here is that when he had left the project, there was basically no movie. And so after people were like, oh, the Justice League's bad, they're like, we want the Snyder Cut. And right. there was no Snyder there Cut. Was a, the internet conspiracy, like the name of Snyder Cut, came because internet fans of Zack Snyder's work believed there was like an alternate cut of the film that existed yes. that Warner Bros. would not release because it like 
wasn't what they wanted for that movie. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was like release the Snyder Cut. They thought it was already in existence somewhere and just needed to be released. However, that's not the case. Zack Snyder has, like I said, rebuilt this film, cobbled together pieces from the original shoots of the Justice League movie that was released, as well as reshoots, like stuff that was filmed this year yes. for this version of the movie to put together this like four hour thing that is now being given this name of the Snyder Cut. But that's not... It's really just sort of like this new movie that's been generated to like appease the fans. Yeah. But another thing we need to note is that none of the Joss Whedon filmed scenes will be in this new version. It's all stuff that's been Snyder one hundred percent. Interesting. Mm. Um, how do you know like roughly percentage wise like how much of the original Justice League did he actually direct? Like, is that like is he working with like a majority of the movie? Is he working with only bits and pieces? Uh, bits and pieces well i think tech- if we're, if oh, we're talking ahead. strictly what snyder did he was working with pretty much nothing he was not working on the project long enough to even probably he maybe i don't know i don't think he had even close to like an hour worth well, of anything to work with i don't know i technically legally from a standpoint Zack snyder is still the credited director for justice league which means he has to have at least directed like a certain like percentage of the movie plus i think it has to be 51 percent hmm. of the movie is shot by Zack snyder um, so, but that doesn't mean like the Joss Whedon can go in the editing room and be like, Hey, this needs to be color corrected to look like this. And this joke would be better if you cut that little bit out there. So it's not like once Zack Snyder left the movie, it was no longer his project, even though his name is still on it. Right. Interesting. Well, what are our thoughts? This trailer has been released. Um, it's an interesting trailer. Ryan and I have seen the Justice League. And you have not. I have not. So, to me personally, I feel like the trailer is less exciting because there's elements of it that I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I've seen this movie before. And so, like, it, it a little bit feels like, why am I, why is it trying to hype me up to watch a movie that, like, I've already seen? But, Ian, since you're watching it from the perspective of, like, not having seen the original Justice League, does this excite you for this film at all? Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say it excites me. I'd say definitely the trailer looks better than the original Justice League trailer that was put out um so if i have any expectations my expectations will be that it will be uh received better than the original film or it could be worse because people have been building up in their minds for so long now that this elusive snyder cut's gonna be the holy grail and gonna save the whole dc uh movie franchise yeah and i I think it's daunting because this cut's like four hours long and just knowing that like People were complaining about freaking sitting through the Irishman. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that this might be a reactionary case where, like, they try to do too much. They're, like, trying to appease the fans so much that they end up creating something that's, like, too massive to, like, handle and make sense. Like, telling a story, if you're doing, like, a four-part miniseries is one thing. Telling a cohesive four-hour film is, like, a very daunting task. And, um... I think it was initially planned as a four-part miniseries, but um, now it's just being put out as a four-hour-long movie. Um, but there are still the chapters. Oh, like, there's still chapter cards, like a Quentin Tarantino movie. So you could, like, hypothetically watch it like that. Interesting. Because it's on HBO Max. You're in control of when the movie starts and stops. Um, I don't know. For me, I recently rewatched um, almost all of the DC films. Um, in this universe, and it's very different. Zach, uh, the original Justice League doesn't feel like it's a Zack Snyder film. 
Like, you watch Man of Steel, you watch Batman vs. Superman, and then Justice League has a different tone. The colors are different. Uh, there's, like, way more jokes in it. It feels very Whedon-esque. It feels like they just wanted him to go, like, make the Justice League like you made the Avengers. Um, which doesn't really fit the tone. It's kind of dissonant. But honestly, I didn't think the movie was, like, horrible. I think it's an alright movie if you look at it on its own. But if you look at it in the context of, like, the Zack Snyder universe of films, it's like, what happened? Like, there's a sequence set up in Batman vs. Superman where Flash comes to Batman and is like, oh, shoot, I came too early. But, like, that never gets a payoff. That's just a weird scene in Batman vs. Superman now. So I'm hoping that now that Zack Snyder has this chance, he's able to, like, make this a more cohesive uh, continuity and he's able to add things that he's always wanted to add. He initially wanted this to be two movies. Four hours is basically the length of two movies. I think he's getting what he wants. He initially wanted Darkseid to be in his film, and it wasn't in the original cut. It is in this one. So, I don't know. I, I'm excited. At least, for one thing, I'm happy that this guy gets to have closure on this part of his life. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in agreement with that. I just think, with any exercise that is, like, of like appeasing fans like if it's just a Zack Snyder passion project and he wants to say like this is my take on the film that's one thing but I think that you don't have that removed from the context of like the demands from the fans mm. and I worry that there's going to be trying to do too much of like freaking weaving in we're gonna talk about this eventually Jared Leto's Joker which is like did the fans even want that I don't know <laughs> but for some reason they decided that that's what they want to do with this film and it's like you're gonna do that and also have like introduce these other characters and villains that weren't in the original cut like what's going on you know what i mean yeah i think it's interesting uh i remember i read something that snyder said like he, the only reason he brought jared letter's joker back was because he's like uh this joker and the ben affleck batman exist in the same universe but we've never really seen them interact so he brought jared Leto back to like film like 20 minutes worth of footage <laughs> And I think it's actually like in a dream sequence. That's at least what it looks like in the trailer. So like, it's just because he thought it would be cool, and Ben Affleck doesn't want to play Super or Batman anymore. So like, this is the only chance he had. I don't get that one, but I mean, hey, it's 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 Zach's project. That's true. What do you think, Ian? Do we truly live in a society? As the Joker, said? I don't. I don't think that was necessary at all, uh, <laughs> especially for that to be his very first line, especially because Snyder seems to be going for a lot more uh serious cut uh like his his takes are usually darker gritty and more serious and so to have the joker's first lines be we live in a society i think that's just showing like <laughs> snyder's uh gen x uh dissonance he's not aware of the humor that's attached to that Possibly, phrase yes that uh from the lens of a millennial or a gen z audience you know is it though like I think he's playing with it because that line and the Joker have been associated for so long in memes. Like, he has to know what he's doing, right? I or someone so. around him had to have known and said something to him. But he I still put it in the movie. I can't imagine this went past every single person who saw it and not a single person thought, that's like the meme, I should tell him. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you're a like, Gen Z intern for Warner Bros. Films. <laughs> you're in this room watching a cut of the trailer and, like, that's the line they put in. What are you going to be like, um... You'd probably Zach, laugh. Th that's a meme? Like, how are you explaining that? <laughs> you'd, probably, like, you'd probably laugh out loud. And then he, and then I don't think like, you Why? would. I think you'd be like, 
Yep. Looks great. <laughs> I don't know. We and then you'd like cue, you'd like draft up the tweet to like bang as soon as the as soon as the trailer drops. I don't know because I don't. We watched this trailer together and we have to rewind it because we were laughing so hard at the "We Live in a Society" line. I feel like they had to know. Like it's getting people talking. It, like everyone's excited for it now, and they're like, "This is the way they're bringing Jared Little back," and it's with a meme. What? I, mean, I gotta see this now. I think that's fitting for Jared Leto's Joker to... He's... Not to be mean to Jared Leto as an actor, but Jared Leto's Joker is kind of like a laughing stock in the culture and like line of all the Jokers that have ever been. He is the laughing stock of the Joker timeline. This is true. So to have him do that is honestly pretty fitting. It kind of showed that this is like an insincere, yeah. irreverent take on that character. Yes. Um... He also got a redesign, and he looks better than he did in Suicide Squad, but he, but doesn't, he doesn't look, look great. Good. No, he looks he looks greasy now. He, he, they got rid of the 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 dumb tattoos, like the and damage on his grill. forehead, and he got rid of the grill. Honestly, so he I'm looks a say, bit more down to earth. I, I think I preferred the original design. Like, stick no. with it. Stick I, with it. I, I think if that's what you're gonna do, you're gonna do like fuckboy Joker. Like stick with fuckboy Joker. You know what I, I mean? Think like, his look works for the scenes that it seems he's gonna be in. It seems he's in the like the dark apocalypse timeline dream that Batman's going to have. So the way he looks seems pretty fitting for like a desert dystopian like time period. And so like his like weird, like slick back, like jacket damage, tons of tattoos. It doesn't fit. I think it fits more in like, he looks correct for where he is. That's I true. agree with that. What do we think about black suit Superman? Um, as long as they don't CGI his face, I'm happy. Yeah, this is another big point. I don't think we're going to have weird CGI lip Henry Cavill, but we're going to have him in a black suit. And I don't know, I don't read these kind of comics, so I don't know what the significance of that. I just know well, when he got back to life, he was in a black suit. But like, is it cool because it was the, in the comics or what? What's The cooler the thing would be if he was in a black suit and had like a beard that showed like well, he had visibly like, not aged, but like been gone and not taken care of. Because that's what happened. And when he comes the, back in the comments, he has like a full beard. And he has a mullet. And he has a mullet. He didn't, maybe doesn't need the mullet, but just to, I like, want just to show that time has passed and he's not really like taking, like, I don't know. I guess it kind of shows that like he's not taking care of himself or he just doesn't care. I appreciate that. And I do appreciate like maybe the dark, like the dark suit is like a nod to this. Like there's some development with the character. Mm -hmm. I have such a hard time because every time I see people talk about Henry Cavill's Superman, they always are like, we want to do a take on this character where he's not so one dimensional and he's not just like this morally superior God. And yet, every time I see this character, I just think you're so fucking one-dimensional and you're just this overpowerful god. Like, give me something more to Superman or else I literally don't care. Even Ben Affleck Batman is a better and more complicated character and he's only been in, like, the one movie. And you've had Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman to, like, help to build this character and I don't feel like they're doing anything innovative with him. Hmm. Right? I mean, it's tough, because, like, especially, like, even in the comics and video games, everything Superman's been in, probably the most not one-dimensional Superman is a Superman that's evil, or, like, gone rogue because he's lost something, and he isn't, like, and then it shows that he's not, like, on a moral high ground, he's just like everyone else, and it easily, like, just destroys him and makes him instantly go to, like, being crazy and evil. Interesting. And it looks like we're gonna kind of have, a like, a heel turn Superman here. Like, just like in the original cut of the film, he comes back and he's not himself. So maybe uh, Zack Snyder could delve deeper into the psyche here, but I don't think that's what Snyder's interested in. Snyder is a director who really cares about visuals and, like, philosophy 101. So 
I don't think we're going to get too in-depth there. But I think we're going to get a film that looks good. And I think it's going to have some cool shots. And I think, uh, like, all the bros are going to be hype and be like, Yes, Snyder Cut! Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I also wonder, though, with so many other issues having had to take place over the past year, like, has he been able to execute his vision as well as if he was filming, like, outside of the pandemic? Like, is he going to be able to do some of these, like, great visual establishing shots, like, as effectively as maybe he wouldn't would be able to otherwise are the limitations of filming during a pandemic going to allow him or like have forced him to do more like intimate shots of like conversations between characters and stuff because that's what's been like able to be shot easier than like broader action sequences um is there going to be like more is it going to skew more towards like that kind of stuff to like supplement the plot and the larger scale stuff will mostly pull from like the original cut of the well, film well i think um it's a little bit of both because I know that there are some things that were shot for the original cut of the movie that weren't in it. Like all the stuff with uh, Barry and or, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash and Iris West, his love interest, they were there. Like They filmed those scenes back in 2016, but they weren't in the original cut of the film. So I think some of it is stuff they filmed in the past and some of it is stuff that... like I know Ezra Miller said that like he set up a green screen in his house and filmed because Zack Snyder couldn't come to London oh, where Ezra was. So it's like there's kind of like three pieces. Some might be shots that like were filmed for and were used in the original cut of the film. Some is stuff that was filmed for the original movie but was cut from that from that mm-hmm. cut yes, of the film. And some of it is reshoot that was done this year. Yes. Interesting. I wonder, I'd be interested to know like the percentage of it. Yeah. You know what I'm more interested in than seeing the Snyder cut as a film is watching the Snyder Cut with director's commentary. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> the only way you can get a director's commentary of this is if you go to Vero, Zack Snyder's favorite social media site, <laughs> and he live streams himself watching his movies and giving commentary. Oh he did gosh. it for Man of Steel. He'll probably do it for the Snyder Cut. I'm kind of down. <laughs> yeah, that's the Snyder Cut. Um, Martian Manhunter is going to be in this too. We didn't really talk about that, but that's cool. Um, oh, also, and if you need to know, like, the thing, it's like, it's Justice League. It's like, there's a new villain, and Batman decides he needs to, like, get the gang back together to defeat this larger villain. And they have to resurrect Superman. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, cool. the story of the movie isn't important. It's the story of how this movie came to be that's way more interesting, and that's what we've been talking about. If we had this podcast yeah. when Justice League came out, we would have done this trailer already. We're only doing this one because it's of the, like, legacy that has, like, yes. gotten us yeah. to this oh. point. Ray Fisher. We never talk about Ray Fisher. It looks like he's getting a lot more footage in this film. Oh, At least he's barely utilized in the first one, and he, like he's like come out and said like Joss Whedon was like very not a good director to him, like a very bad person. Um, so Ray Fisher's getting a chance at like cyborg redemption in this, and that's kind of cool too. Yeah, absolutely. I just looked at the screen and saw Ray Fisher's name and just forgot that we didn't talk about him. But yeah, so that's the Snyder cut. We're excited that it's finally going to come out, and people will receive it, and then it'll be done. <laughs> I'm just interested for, like, if this film doesn't meet fans' expectations, does it become, like, Snyder Cut 2.0? Like, we know no, Warner did like... I just want to see the saga down. of the Snyder Cut be put to bed finally, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been too long. But, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it has potential, because... This happened to DC before with Superman 2. They kicked out the original director halfway through filming and had a new guy come in and he had to reshoot a lot of the film. And then in like 
when Superman Returns was coming out, they said, okay, we're bringing back the original director, and we're going to put straight to DVD Superman 2, like, the Donner cut. Mm-hmm. And people really like that version, so I hope this is the same kind of story. Maybe the fan demand will instead be, like, because they did, they had, like, Justice League, and then it, like, wasn't that good, and they said, like, okay, we're going to, like, not do another Justice League movie, and we're just going to, like, see where this universe goes. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe now it'll be, like, if this Snyder cut's good, then it'll be, like, Let's go, Justice League 2. Like, get yes. Zack Snyder in the helm, you know? It'll be interesting to see which version of Justice League is canon moving forward. Yeah, totally. All right. Now, we've talked a lot about DC movies here today, friends. And a lot of them have a rep for being not that great. And people don't like them. So I went to Letterboxd and I compiled a collection of film reviews of DC films. And this is our next game, by the way. Um, so I will read a letterbox review of a DC film and then give you, Tyler, and you, Ian, both multiple choices and you will buzz in and tell me which film you think it is. Uh, I will give you the name of the reviewer, the star rating they gave, and then the written review they gave, and then four choices of which film that review correlates to. And once you buzz in, you will get to go first and give me your choice. So, for the audience, can we hear both of your different buzzers? Ian, you're a buzzer. Ah, the classic oh. family feud. Yes. Tyler. Of course, back to the air horn. Okay, do you both understand the rules as I have stated them to you? I do. I do. Oh, oh we're married now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That, well, you have a girlfriend. That's true. I mean, we can make it work. I'm a homewrecker. <laughs> All right. We're a triad. <laughs> the first review comes from user The Creamed Corn. <laughs> the Creamed Corn gave this film one and a half stars, and the review states, The effects don't hold up very well today, and the movie feels very dragged out and long. Is this Batman Forever, Superman, Constantine, or Green Lantern? I heard Ian first. I'm gonna guess uh, Green Lantern. Sorry, that is incorrect. Yes, Tyler. I'm going to guess Superman. It is Superman. Yay! Tyler has the first point. Our second review. <laughs> New sound effects coming no, from there. That was the correct sound on Family Feud. Oh. <laughs> Alright. Our second review comes from user Colin. Colin gave this film two stars, and his review is, I just didn't like it. Is this Superman Returns, The Dark Knight Rises, Suicide Squad, or Wonder Woman 1984. Ian. I'm going to guess Wonder Woman 1984. Incorrect. Tyler. I think the movie that's best described as I just didn't like it is probably Suicide Squad. That's also incorrect. Oh no. It's the first one then. Ian. I the, guess we can the keep... first one. <laughs> Sorry. You already had your guess. What? I get the point now. No. <laughs> this is a review for Superman Returns, which was the first one. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Our third review comes from user Grace. She gave this film one star, and her oh. review is, Maybe I hate women. Is this Supergirl, Catwoman, Wonder Woman, or Joker? Ian. Is it Catwoman? No. <laughs> Tyler is a joker it is not but I wish it was <laughs> this is another point for me it's ah. Wonder Woman <laughs> alright 
Wonder Woman's not a one-star movie. Grace, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is our fourth review. It comes from Ella underscore Barclay. She gave it two stars and said, Maybe my hopes were set too high, but honestly, Batman is a dick. Is this Batman, Batman Begins, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, or Justice League? Ian. Justice League? No! I think it's Batman. No, it's another point for me. It's Batman Begins. Yes. Ah. So I think the score is three for me and one for Tyler. It's okay. This game is rigged. We have three more. Okay, Ian? This game is rigged. This one comes from user Elias B. He gave the film two and a half stars and said, pretty good when you're really drunk and the sound is turned off. <laughs> is this Batman and Robin, Watchmen, Aquaman or Birds of Prey? Ian. Aquaman? No! <laughs> Tyler. That was my guess too. Can I get the multiple choice again? Yes. Batman and Robin, Watchmen, Aquaman, or Birds of Prey? I think it's Watchmen. It is Watchmen! Oh, wait. You hit the wrong button. <laughs> so ah. now Tyler's at two. Ryan's at three. I have to beat Ryan, Ian. <laughs> Ian's at zero. I, I would rather wreck the whole game than not get a point. <laughs> I gotta right. try. <laughs> Our sixth review is from user Yake the Cake, And it, they gave two stars. They wrote, overrated. Do not watch in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Your choices are The Dark Knight, Watchmen, Shazam, or Joker. Ian. Shazam. Sorry, that's incorrect. Ah! Joker. It is Joker. No! Yeah! According to Yankee, no. never watch Joker in Spanish. No. I'm do it now. So, is it 3 3? Are we tied, Tyler? We are. Ian, you can ruin this I, for Tyler. I want to. <laughs> this is our so last badly, one. But I'm so bad at this. This is from user Alaya Woods. She gave it four stars. Said, that's not a bad review. <laughs> we gotta hear what she no. says. It's a, it's a bad review. This is one of my. This is one of the only superhero movies I like, and I love the message it sends. Oh no! But the trick is, it's not a good movie. Your choices are Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, Green Lantern, Suicide Squad, or Justice League. Ian. Superman Four. Sorry, that's incorrect. No, <laughs> Tyler. Green Lantern. Sorry, that's also incorrect. No. The answer was. Suicide Squad looks like what I message win. does it say? I don't know. <laughs> Aliyah Woods, explain yourself. <laughs> well, that was the game. I'm glad I won. Um, but thanks for playing, guys. Actually, it was hey, a tie. I got close. No, I got no, it was four, four oh, three dang it. zero. Uh, whoever started this whole, if the players don't get it, they get the point. I want that person out of the podcast. Yeah, they're not coming back for a while. That's Ian, the accountant. They only come to our previewee shows. Mm. But thank you, Ian, for being our guest today. Yeah, no yes. problem. It was a lot of fun having you to talk about these films that you were very passionate about. I agree. Any parting words uh, for our listeners? Yeah, plug anything. What do you want to say? Um, I have nothing to plug. But, uh... Vote for Kong. Kong for president and Kong for winner of Kong v. Godzilla. Alright, thank you, Ian. Uh, we have something to plug. It's this podcast. You're listening to it right now. If you can, uh, go ahead and like subscribe to us slash rate us on the iTunes store or wherever you listen to this. Um, you can Tell also follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Preview Review. 
Um, tell your friends to listen to this podcast if you have fun listening to it. I know I have fun making it. Me too. Now, um, Ian, you're welcome back anytime, but I don't know. When is another movie you want to see coming out? Who knows? Movies don't ever come out anymore. All right. This is our trailer podcast. We love you all. Good night. Bye. studio before you said that to me.